This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we continue our latest podcast, and the newest one is in part because the newest Ray is now official, and we certainly appreciate having Colby Rasmus on our latest podcast. Colby, congratulations and welcome aboard. Thank you, sir. Happy to be here. Tell me what the whole free agent process was like and why you picked the race. Well, for me, I just I just kind of go into the offseason and enjoy myself and get kicked back and uh, relax and, and let my agent do all the work. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to be with the Rays from the beginning of the, of the offseason. I told my agent that, and we worked to try to make that happen. Uh, I know Chad Matola from – Playing with the Blue Jays, he was my hitting coach over there, and we had a good relationship. And you know, I really wanted to to rekindle that flame and get that going again because I thought it'd be a good fun time to be able to work with him. I had a lot of fun uh, in 2013, and I wanted to do that again. And I know know some of the boys. I played with Evan Longoria on Team USA back in the day when we were coming up, and uh, some of the young guys they have on the team. You know, I. They seem like awesome dudes, and I'd, I'd like to get over there with them and, and play some baseball with them. Like uh, Beckham, who went to Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia. I, I worked out with him a little bit when he was still in high school and went over and hit with him some over in Griffin. And, uh, yeah, just excited about it. It's closer to my house. I live in Finney City, Alabama, so it's not a far ride for the family. And I have young kids now, so they like to come home. They love, love it here in Alabama, so... We wanted to be close, and it just kind of all worked out. Tell me a little bit more about your relationship with Chad. What clicked uh, in, in 2013 with the two of you, and why do you get along so well? Uh, well, I think he he learned me a little bit. Um, I'm not not necessarily a mainstream kind of guy, uh, a little bit different than some in, in the way I do things, and I had created some bad habits. Uh, in my younger days, and he helped me to find those and helped me to to figure some of those things out to make adjustments, uh, which helped me a lot that season. I had a good offensive year that season. And, you know, just the way he handles himself, he's good people, uh, not above anything, not afraid to do something a little off-kilter from what some may think is the right path for, for folks. And, uh, you know, I really appreciated that. And, you know, he was a baller himself back in the day, and he knows what it's like you know, he's fairly young, so he gets it on the mechanical side of things and really breaking down stuff to where it makes sense. Was he different than any uh, any coach that you had before, Colby? Uh, he was a little different. Yeah, I mean, he was a little younger. You know, when I first came up in the big leagues, I had uh, Hal McCray, mm. who was, uh, you know, an old-timer at that point. Uh, good, good people, just a, a little bit different. You know, just kind of like a go out there and get them attitude instead of, you know, really breaking down film and figuring out what was going on mechanically, which, you know, he looked at it like you're supposed to do that yourself. And, uh, you know, I had trouble with that 
in my younger, you know, my younger years. My dad was my coach growing up, so he pretty much formed me into a robot. And, hmm. uh, you know, so it helped me to have someone that could, could get in there with me and figure myself out that I trusted. And, uh, you know, because I have a hard time trusting folks when it comes to baseball uh, and, and my swing, which is a hard part and can be negative sometimes. You know, the game stuff and, and trying to figure out ways and, and managing all of baseball and life and everything that has to come with it. You know, there's a lot of intangibles going on, many things in our lives uh, other than baseball. And, uh, you know, so it, it makes it tough at times. You know, you mentioned all, all the challenges and the grind, and, and obviously you, as a team, you guys had a pretty good year in Houston last year, all things considered. You had a tough year injury-wise. How's your health? I'm feeling good now. You know, last year was crazy. Uh, and I had a cyst, a cholesteatoma in my ear. It just kind of came out of nowhere, uh, and it ate away at it's a cyst in the inner ear, and it ate away at a couple of the little bones in my ear. So the doctor went in cut my ear off pretty much and laid it over on my cheek and went down in there and uh, dug all the cysts out and then threw some prosthetic bones in there into place and replaced my eardrum where it was supposed to be with some cartilage and, and sewed me back up. So it was uh, it was kind of crazy. I was dealing with some vertigo issues and a lot of pain. You know, I, when I finally got it seen by a specialist, uh, you know, they said it was pretty significant and I took, I, had, I was putting cotton balls in my ear and you know, I didn't tell the trainers because I wanted to play. Yeah. I knew it was going to be pretty serious. I'd pull that cotton ball out and there'd be blood and pus and all kind of nasty stuff on it. It smelled like death. But uh, it ended up I finally had to get it seen about because it was, it was just hurting me at the plate. I mean, I can imagine that. I, I You know, I had vertigo for a couple of days, and I can't imagine someone trying to hit a baseball, let alone dealing with that and everything else you had going on. You know, Celebrex and caffeine and Pedialyte can help some things, but eventually, eventually it caught up with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you come to an organization where I think they allow guys to be who they are. How much of that played in? Because you you know you were with the Blue Jays, you saw the Rays on the other side, and you saw the fun that they've had over the years. Oh yeah, well that, that's what I, that's how I like to play. You know, I feel in the game. If we're not able to be ourselves, it's really tough, and it can really turn you into an introverted player, and you're not able to let your emotions out and really have fun and be who you are. Uh, in, in Houston, it really helped me a lot. I was able to do that. They they really just kind of let me do my thing, and it, and it helped me in, in a lot of ways uh, with my outfield play and and uh, and at the plate. You know, I had the injury, which which set me back a little bit, but I was I was hitting well before it all got got stirred up. But I, you know, I just. I've always enjoyed how they just do their thing. Just a bunch of scrappy ball players out there getting after, you know, uh, and that's how I like to play. I don't like to to think of myself as being, you know, bigger or better than anybody else. But when I get out there on the field, I like to, to feel comfortable in my own skin and be able to like to do my thing. I don't like to be uh, a puppet out there with people pulling the strings on me. It's tough to play that way, and I struggled in my younger years with that, learning how to do that. Uh, so, you know, I'm just excited for the opportunity to play with some of the great guys that are on the team. You know, Longoria being the leader on the team, I've always looked up to him and respected him as a player. Got to play with him at a young age, and he's always been, you know, first-class professional. And, uh, you know, it would be nice to get to uh, see him hit them home runs on, on my side this year. I can. Uh, and, I, and I'm anxious to go out there and do work with him. You know, when I talk to him, he texted me, which I was, I was very uh, gracious, that, you know, grateful that he reached out to me and texted me, and I told him let's hurt some people's feelings this year. 
Sounds like a good plan. You know, one guy you didn't mention that I'm curious what it's going to be like to get a chance to play with him because you have a reputation for being a very good outfielder. And obviously Kevin Kiermeyer is one of the guys who has one of the better uh, reputations in the game for his outfield play. What do you think it's going to be like to play with him defensively? Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, I come coming from Houston, I got to play with some good ones as well, and George Springer and Jake Marisnik, the mm-hmm. boys can run it down. And uh, we had a good outfield over there. So I'm all about the outfield. I've always put my outfield first. I try not to carry my what I do at the plate to the outfield. You know, it might have hurt me along the way in my offensive play, but I really tried to focus on being a good defender and playing the outfield. So I really like to, to get out and get people out and make good catches and, and work as a, as a group in the outfield and really communicate and work together. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I know they can run it down. I remember we played against them uh, a few years back, and he took second on me when I on a, a little hop out in center field. He busted out the box and took second on me, and I wasn't too excited about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's the way he plays the game, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to meet him and, and be his teammate and just work alongside him to try to be the best outfield we can be. That's my main goal is to, uh, you know, run them down and uh, show these guys we mean business and come ready to play every day, hose people, and, uh, you know, work and strive to be the best outfield in the league. We're excited to see you get to work this coming spring training and, and look forward to seeing you on the field uh, on April 2nd and, and well beyond. Thanks very much for a few minutes and uh, uh, good talking with you. Yes, sir. Thank you much. It was a pleasure, and we'll see you around. Thanks. Good stuff from Colby Rasmus, and we certainly appreciate his time on this podcast. Adding Rasmus adds to the Rays' outfield competition, and one who certainly seems ready for it is Corey Dickerson. Corey lost 25 pounds in his off-season training, and I asked him where the weight loss will benefit him, and Corey says it's all about creating the right sort of daily routine. I know that I have the ability to play the game, and I've had success, but if I handle my routine and have a solid routine that I stick by, that uh, I can go out there and play and let that routine uh dictate my performance and dictate my success and not really let a bad game or a good game affect or sway me. Um, that's the big thing is finding a routine that I've never had that, you know, I kind of relied on athletic ability before, and um, I'm really trying to grow in that area and stick to it. And where do you think it will help you most in the field, on the bases, um, at the plate, the way your body's changed? I think overall, um, I think – being being healthy finally and being able to move the right way and uh, incorporate all the things that I've learned. Uh, I think every aspect of my game should should improve, but mentally uh, I think I grew and uh, I'm going to attack every game the same way with the same kind of passion that I play with. But uh, I, hope, I hope that it helps every part of the game, but I'm really going to try to help this be the best fielder I can be this year. I feel like that's where I'm going to try to work the most at because I'm very feel like I got the talent to hit and grow there. That if I'm in the field, I feel like I can, you know, I really want to be a contributor out there also. Good stuff from Corey Dickerson. Steven Sousa Jr. also has changed a great deal since his season ended a bit prematurely due to hip surgery. He's become a new dad, and I asked Steven about being a new dad, but first about his health. I feel amazing right now. I talked Dr. Thomas Bird, um, UW Advanced Manual Therapy. They did an amazing job um, taking care of my hip. And so I'm able to come out here and, man, I just feel amazing hitting, running. I, I really just feel blessed. How much do you think that will help you this year? 
I mean, anytime you're playing with a lingering injury throughout a year, you're, you're going to want to think back of what could have happened. But I don't want to, you know, sit here and, and make excuses for last year or say something. But I do think that playing a healthy year is going to help a lot. Not only have things changed for you physically, but also off the field. What does it mean to be a dad for the first time? It's incredible. Uh, man, it's just it's an absolute miracle watching it happen. It's an absolute miracle taking care of them. Um, you just get a whole new uh, perspective of, of love and, and God's love for you. And I'm just, it's just become uh, really fun, actually. Uh, you know, you never think that that'd be a, something you'd want to get into until you have your own son. And then it's, it's, uh, it's just a lot, of, a lot of fun. That would be the sixth tool that you've got now? Yeah, yeah. If anybody needs a diaper change, I'm your guy. Well, you've now heard from three outfielders on this podcast with the Rays, but I also wanted to hear from a new member of the 40-man roster on the pitching side. That's Ryan Stanek, who at some point this year could help the Rays in the bullpen. Stanek said for him, the first step was advancing to the 40-man roster. It's awesome. It's a, it's a big honor. It means it's like one of those things where you're like one step closer, I guess, and it's just, it just a good feeling to be, to be added. You also had a transformational year. You went from starter to reliever, played in the Futures game. What was last year like, and what did you learn? I learned a lot. Like, going through, like, the season as a starter, like, to start, like, the preparation it took, like, and then, like, transitioning into being a reliever where you're, instead of every five days, you could be up every day, every other day. You don't really know exactly, like, when you're going to throw, which is which is exciting. It was It was cool to learn how to, like, change your routine and your your preparation to get ready to throw whenever that may be which was which was pretty exciting and the futures game was awesome it was a great experience played with a lot of guys that I've played against like in college and in pro ball and played with and it was it was just an awesome awesome time out there what was the hardest part going from starter to reliever uh learning how to get get my body ready every day and like knowing like as a starter you get you get five days and you're like okay I'm used to being sore on day two and then working through it and then like feel good by the day uh, by the fifth day and then as a reliever you're like well I can't lift this day because I might throw so if you throw like a certain number of pitches and you know you're probably down the next day then you're like okay well I can get a lift in and take care of like all your your treatment and workouts and everything like that like just to be ready to throw like as soon as possible which was definitely like the biggest transition for me which was it was it was good to figure that out especially like like being in the bullpen one of the things that stood out i think for you last year was the end of spring training you got to pitch in a big league game Mm -hmm. and your velocity obviously was way up from the year before why do you think the velo was up for you last year whether starting or relieving i was like i don't know i think it was like I've been kind of banged up like to start my pro career which has been kind of unfortunate because I haven't really got to be the person on the field that I I felt like I wanted to be and going into last year I had a full off season to get strong and get healthy and be like ready like fully ready to go and then just kind of everything came together and clicked and my body felt good and the ball started coming out better so Better is kind of an understatement. I mean, when you're throwing 100-plus, that's unique. What's it like or what does it feel like to throw a ball that hard? Honestly, I, like, whenever it happened in Lakeland, I didn't even I didn't even know. I just, like, I just came in and I just felt like I was throwing normally. Like, I knew the ball was coming out good, but I, I really didn't know. It just, it, at that point, it just kind of felt easy. Like, it, not, not easy, but, like, I didn't feel like I was trying to do anything, like, crazy. An easy 100 would certainly be a nice addition to the Rays pen. 
but I'd also expect another bat or two or another reliever to be added before the start of spring training, which is now just a couple weeks away. As those changes occur, we'll certainly have additional podcasts. In the meantime, we thank Colby Rasmus, Corey Dickerson, Stephen Souza Jr., and Ryan Stanek for the help with this one. If I don't speak with you before then, I look forward to seeing you at FanFest this Saturday, and we'll talk again soon.